Hey, greetings. It is Tuesday and it's time for Macro to Micro Power Hour. A few minutes late, I apologize. I'm Samantha LaDuke, founder of LaDukeTrading.com and I am very glad to be joined by Jonathan Gibbons this afternoon in regards to talking about volatility. Is it lurking still? Um, kind of a catchy little phrase here from uh, liquid to gas. It's basically a play on liquidity to market, you know, vapors. Are we going to have some risk coming in? So let's just get uh, Jonathan here and I will invite you to panelist and do this little stop sharing so we can see each other's faces. Hold on. I also want to let you know that I have got this um, thanks to James, my director of marketing, on a, on a podcast. So you are welcome to check out um, Audible, uh, Apple, Spotify for this podcast recording uh, right after. I'll also be uploading it to my YouTube station, which is otherwise known as Leduc Trading YouTube channel. So I have got little housekeeping out of the way, which is again YouTube, Leduc channel, Leduc trading channel, also um, Spotify, Audible, or Apple. And I want to welcome Jonathan. Thank you so much for joining. How's it going? A little chaotic this afternoon, but really well. Um, it's summer. I can already feel it, right? June, July, and August are just going to be a smattering of people. And, and if we get some volatility, it will be uh, felt by few because there'll be already exit stage left. That's how it feels. <laughs> um, I, I want to make sure it wasn't me. Did I, did I, uh, did I hold up the... No, no, totally the, not yeah. you. Totally okay. right here, right here. Guilty as charged. Um, but th this is really just grinding up to options expiration. So I wanted to kind of get your... Um, your thoughts, if you will, on your gold trade, because you have been pitching this for weeks, seeing the kind of optionality under the surface. And sure enough, I mean, it has just been a really strong trade. And now all of a sudden, everyone's noticing, which is exactly when it tops out. <laughs> so, mm. Mm. so catch us up, because that was really, uh, for me, a, a really big tell when, and I said this also a few weeks ago, I said, if we get gold, natural gas, and oil starting to run, volatility typically follows. So those are kind of like the laggard commodity plays that have really been sitting, sitting it out. Mm -hmm. And natural gas has no fundamental reason to rise. <laughs> yeah. um, and the pipeline issue with Colonial had been resolved. Uh, now there's, you know, potential talks of Iran nuclear deal, which is, which is uh, supply coming online, you know, sanctions, I should say sanctions potentially lifted and supply coming back online. I have a big question mark if that's really going to follow through. But um, nonetheless, we had a little pullback in oil um, today and that gas. And with that, I just think everyone now finally noticing that gold is at a really key level at this one step. Sorry. This 174, 175 for GLD is exactly when it likely gets, um, uh, you know, some pressure downward. At least that's the contrarian in me. What are you mm -hmm. seeing in option flow? Nothing like that. Like I see um, underlying volume as massive in the in the space, and that security volume coming in, money flows are coming in, and um, option optionality is like at the ask a lot and above ask and all call side. And there's some lot of spreads 
a lot of call spreads. So you are seeing some calls that are like, you know, definitely sales um, and pairing those up looks like there's definitely spreads, but it's bullish, you know, and it's, these are ceiling levels that are like going back to 13, the massacre in 13 for a lot of the miners. Um, when you take a look, especially a lot of silver miners, um, that this is the level that's like, you know, kind of flushed them all down the toilet back in the massacre of 13. And they've been a, in, a, in a strong ceiling for a long time at this level. So it came up to this level, it hit it last year, kind of got shot out of it, came back again, got shot out of it again. And here we are again at this level yet again. I, I, I have no macro right uh, context to this, right? For this trade, uh, I, can't, I can't tell you I do. Um, but what is fascinating is that it is sitting right at significant inflections. And I, I did a little tweet, tweet rant last night about it because um, I've been tracking this trade for a little bit just from the, what I've seen. And then to see it like do so and what, you know, could be very like conflicting kind of signals environment when you got all these different other things going on. And um, it just really is, uh, if these levels breach, there'll be a, a serious chase because there's no volume to stop these prices from just magneting significantly higher, like GDXJ, like 45, 50% higher um, and just filling voids. If they are going to get rejected, they're going to get rejected right here. But I'm not seeing any. I was like, I was very curious about that today because I was like, I said that last night. I was like, well, let's see what happens today, you know, and see if there's any kind of uh, counter trade put on today. And there wasn't. Everybody came in it, it, immediately at the open. That sector got sold and then it got bought and it got bought heavy. And, um, you know, I, I, I go back to the, I guess the only thing macro I could say is that gold's really a part of the banking system. Um, and so it's kind of a security in the, at the end of the day that, that, that plays in that context. The miners um, are real cash flow positive, um, very cash flow positive. Uh, and so they sit in that value structure that you've been talking about for a long time. And, um, you know, as it rotate, you know, they're producing cash flow and the assets increasing. Right. So it's all I could, you know, is it is, is it any more complex than that? I don't know, but um, seems like people want it. And if it is going to reject, it would reject here. And if it does reject here, which I wouldn't be surprised if it did first attempt that, well, I say that this is the third attempt at some of these levels. Um, for like, you know, look at silver, um, as an example, this is a third attempt at this, this ceiling level. And there's some real chop up to, if you look at SLV from here to 3250. Um, so it could chop in here, but if it does reject, I think there'll probably be a bid. I think that this is like, uh, one of those things that's, uh, got a lot of different factors to it from a narrative perspective, but if I just look at the actual auction data, it just looks real bullish, like real bullish. I'm not seeing like rising price and declining volume or rising price and declining money flow or a rising price and puts. I'm seeing rising price, call buying, gammas, gammas are very much in charge at the moment, rising price with security volume inflows, rising price with money flows. So could it be that time where all the gold bugs get to go do their crypto dance, right? Oh, like, uh, maybe, maybe. I'm not going to say that it's not. I, I think that, and I think if it does, these are some serious breach levels 
that could really go to that um, 1970s style action that you saw where it just ran hot um, in well, the 70s. So. We, and we well, I don't know. About, yeah, we talked about that last uh, last week, in fact, the 1970s style inflation. And there are parallels, you know, to 1940s as well. But um, this was a, a chart that I just pulled up in regards to my macro read, which is just gold and real rates. So the, uh, Fidelity, love this, it put this out. Um, market suspects that the Fed might ignore inflation creep, which pretty much is what they are doing, at least until um, Jackson Hole. There are some mega, mega bullish, or I should say hawkish Fed uh, interest rate bets in the uh, interest rate market um, and euro dollar market. That uh, basically implies that they're going to do or say something come August or September, but not until then. In the meantime, mm -hmm. it has pushed real rates further negative, and gold loves, loves negative real rates. So that's one thing. The other is this lovely Bitcoin to, um, <laughs> you got it, you got to do it, you got to do it. This Bitcoin to gold trade, check it out. So we got the mm -hmm. boomer gold, right? And the, and, <laughs> And the Gen X, you know, Bitcoin trade. And honestly, I, I just think there is some um, fun here doing this correlation, maybe not causation, but whether you're macro based, which is negative real rates or your Bitcoin to gold uh, inverse, right? Because dollar right now is not doing anything to really make the world go round. Um, that's, that's an argument. And I would also add, and I just put this actually today for clients, um, which was in my Slack channel and basically said, you know, here's my thing on, on crypto as it relates to this lovely Bitcoin and gold trade, and in particular Bitcoin, because we got to talk about it. Um, and I've got Scott Melker of Wolf of All Streets, Wolf of All Streets on this Thursday for my, my macro to micro power hour. We're going to talk about crypto, of course. But I love when Tyler Neville, uh, I think it was this week, can't remember. Anyway, he wrote in Blockworks, this Bitcoin framing, right? So if your fundamental thesis for owning Bitcoin is what we are, is that we are in a sovereign debt bubble and that U.S. Jet to D GDP is close to 130% and we'll have to print fiat until the cows come home, then you should <laughs> hide. You should ho <laughs> hold Hodl. on for yeah. dear life. Hold yeah. I call yeah. it hold on for dear life. If you yeah. believe Bitcoin will be a 21st century store of value, then you should hold on for dear life. But if your thesis is that Bitcoin is a new technology that is disrupting currencies like Tesla, is disrupting cars, then you are likely selling. And if you bought Bitcoin because you made a lot of money off of buying SPACs and IPOs and all those other nonprofit tech, then chances are you're selling too. To me, that's a little bit of what's you know going on here. The Bitcoin fade and the gold uptick happens to correspond beautifully with negative real rates as inflation runs faster than nominal yields. Very much could be. I, and you're I seeing it obviously in flow. So yeah, show, what are yeah. you seeing? Like show us. Okay. I'm disabled at the moment from a distraction. So you gotta I I will fix that. Zoom, it's Zoom protecting no, us all from ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be get my butt in the chair on time. Okay, so <laughs> go. All right, can everybody what? see my Yes, screen? perfect. Right. Wow, that's some size in silver and gold. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, this is this is constant right here um, lately, like constant from a day in and day out basis. This is the, the, the aggregate 
right, for each one of these. And this is a precious metals mix that I just keep. And then if you actually dig into silver, there's not even many strikes, contract strikes in the largest size that are even, you know, puts are even out, outweighing. This is pretty consistent too. Then you throw into the actual, just take, you know, GDX, for example, you get a little bit, a little bit of, uh, you know, put action, but not, not a lot. Most of it's, most of it's call action. If I look at that and then kind of um, look at actual charts, um, and this is what I threw out last night, like, I'll take a look at, like, uh, look at the juniors. SILJ, which is an index filled with all the junior miners, because I don't want to go through each one of them, right? Because it's like, it'd be painful. You guys would be done with it after about five minutes. But like the, if you look at this, this, this got here back in August last year. It's almost a year. I mean, this is like textbook kind of purchase action, building a volume floor right here over in the market auction, like just textbook and following along on the, on the big, the big pivot trend line. And this is the ceiling, like above this ceiling right here, above $17.50, $18, just in the, just in the auction, just auction, not, 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 not macro or anything like that, just auction. It gets really like limited to the ceiling side. So like, I can't even go back to like 12. I don't think this thing had a 12, but it starts to run. If you look at GDXJ, same thing, right? Same exact thing. You can take this back. And the first marker in the sand is $75. We haven't been to these levels in, you know, eight years. So, you know, this is, this is, this is inflationary type action for sure. Like from a narrative perspective, but then you just look at the auction, right? And the auction is, is, is wildly bullish um, overall. Now, I mean, in the short, short-term period, like I do see a little bit of uh a little bit of like momentum could 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 be tapping out a little bit and you like there's some little bit of ceiling resistance here at 57 for like gdxj but if you look at slv like slv has no very limited ceiling right i mean we're talking about you know three or four percent and it runs hot and the flows have been positive for weeks uh, almost six eight weeks underneath and then steadily rising so it's not like it's a flash in the pan either this seems to be slow and steady and pretty consistent and most days are down and then bought, down and then bought, a lot of wicking candles. So I, I think that when you look at the flow and then you look at the, the overall, like if I reset it, look at the actual overall as a whole, like, um, then jump into the tree. Like I have not seen, I mentioned that I didn't see silver and gold in here a lot for a long time. And in the last, the last uh, week or two weeks, Really, I, I was seeing silver and gold in here on a daily basis back in the top 50 of everything traded. And I'm not seeing, and then GDX and um, SLV have been in the top call structures on a, this, on a scan basis on a regular basis. So just looking at the top, you know, 150, 200, um, there's SLV today, particular yeah. strike. So they got, these are the largest in the market, right? The largest on a rolling 10 day average of, uh, particular strikes and so and you can dig into what's inside that strike a little bit but because it could be a spread or it could be um just a naked call but you know most of these have been uh naked calls like there's been a couple spreads so a couple portions of the spread so when you see like when, when i see it like that like when i when i actually see it on a on a regular basis like that it, it's you know it's pretty uh it's pretty telling i mean this is the whole space right that's that's just you can fight this all you want to,
from a from a um, macro perspective, right? From a narrative perspective. But if if at the end of the day, the bulk of the participants are pushing it to levels that are going to breach, like this. I mean, this has to fail here. If this doesn't fail here, then you could see a pretty significant little squeeze up to 28. If it doesn't fail there, then the last stand is at 32, 33. And I mean, these are, I don't expect this to happen overnight. These are long-term many year periods, but you're starting to see a different trend change over here. And th this has been lying in the weeds um, for a while. Like, you know, the real focus has been on crypto, real focus has been on markets, but I, I don't, I don't know. And I read something very interesting that I think probably be worth sharing is like that there's still a housing shortage and the feds really, really pays a lot of attention to housing. And so interest rates, you know, and I think you've talked about, um, you know, Barton stuff uh, about the crowding out and so forth. And the way they deal with the mortgage backed securities are a real driver of what the fed does. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they want to continue to keep housing pushing and they just say, screw it with inflation, negative real yields, right? Like, and they don't do what everybody thinks they should do. And they check it, curb check it at all. You know, I think that uh, you're, you're seeing the way people think they should probably play this. Right. And I think you're seeing a little bit of positioning in the VIX change. Cause I'm seeing VIX start to be a little bit more. Well, what do you get a rising VIX, you know, static or flat rising market? And then you get a lot of inflationary pressure. You could see that. I could see that. Now, I don't know exactly what that, you know, entails or means from a deep perspective, but from just an action market action perspective, that's what I'm seeing. It did. These have been, they've been really solid trades, right? Like um, really solid trades. And I think that you got to watch those ceilings um, that if they burst, like you're talking like 40, 50% moves pretty quick. Yeah. So we, we talked you know? about that with oil, right? So if it breaks $68. Same things it, going it, on with oil. Chevron yeah. and Chevron and Marathon were the largest yesterday across the board. Just massive, massive call volume. Really? Okay. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mar Mar Marathon and, and Chevron. And uh, I'm like there's, there's, they're sitting right. I didn't look at it. It was lazy look. That was just me looking at the real quick at the end of the day. But like, if you look at their charts, these are weekly charts that like are at real levels that if they burst, you're going to get real hot. Yeah, they'll get real hot. Price will get chased. So, uh, you know, it would have to be rejected very quickly um, because these are long term levels um, on those that are approaching. So I'm like, you know, you watch participants. And participants in size are like taking old school bets on inflation and they're sitting there. So do they think it's going to run hotter? Maybe. Right. Unless, unless, unless this just caps right here. And then I'd like to see the reaction. That's my, that's my take on it. I'm sticking to it. I, I don't, I don't know, you know, the deep, the deep narrative on that. I know the VIX is like bothering me a little bit too because it's starting to show a positive ratio and, it, and the flows have been positive into the ETNs. And I know some folks talk about you can't chart ETNs or whatever. I'm just looking at flows, right? Like mm -hmm. just looking at flows like of that stuff and how it relates to the, the, the way that people short. It looks like the shorts are starting to step back, right? So it's more balanced, if not call, call focused on the ETNs, UVXY and, uh, and VXX, definitely, you know? And then you look at VIX itself is definitely you know, call side. If VIX doesn't get crushed right here, it would need to get crushed and then, you know, push forward. 
then you could have like a, a big start to rise, even if the market was flat. I'm really watching IWM too. IWM is at a huge, huge, huge important level that if it doesn't breach, that thing can run hot because all those names inside of it have kind of washed out and they're just do at least a dead cat, dead cat type bounce, right? And so, you know, that IWM, the VIX um, are really important, I think, on kind of the macro level for me and then watching that gold trade because the gold trade, the gold trade meaningful. Like it's pretty meaningful, it, it, especially with the crypto trade getting really licked right now. Like that, that doesn't look good. That trade doesn't look good. All right. So on, uh, we'll start at the beginning. So, so the crypto, when the coin IPO went live on 414, it was a really nice fade in the Bitcoin underlying as well as the, the proxies. And it still is. There, there is, you know, potential bounce candidate here, um, but Price target of 40,000 is pretty straightforward. It's like the 50 day. It bounces, it, maybe it gets as high as 51, rolls over again. It can go as low easily to that 20,000 mark, which is the 200 day. So that is all its own little asset class. We'll really find out what um, the buyers of Bitcoin decide what to do uh, when and if it reaches that 200 day, because a lot of them were coming in late, right? They were coming in hot last year, opening up their trading accounts um, and rode this and were very, very excited, still buying up at the 50, 55, 60, $65,000 level. And now they're sitting on losses, the ones that came, you know, first out, if you will. And if they were, and if they're, if they're again, those who really believe in, the, in this whole concept long-term, that's one thing. But those who have it on their balance sheet, the Teslas and the MicroStrategy and the Mara and the Riot and the, and, the, and such, they're going to be really um, baptized, if you will. We'll really see if they'll hold on if this comes back down to the 200-day or takes out the 200-day. But it is very convenient, right, that it definitely faded as gold picks up. When I look at the gold trade in particular and small caps and VIX, because I want to do my equivalent on that, um, I'm just going to gld and silver and miners and kind of retail stuff i can show the gold on a monthly it's still it's bifurcated right now so it has diverged from bonds bonds had definitely let me just do my i'm on the right chart okay this is just a weekly daily but just to kind of give an you know an idea we bounced off the 100 week we did a really good job of getting back inside the keltner channel we had one trend line we got above we reached some you know, pretty strong weekly resistance moving averages, came back down, but this is the 10 week. And I have a very basic premise. Above the 10 week, it's bullish, below it's bearish. So obviously it's done a really good job of moving higher, but we're right into a Keltner channel. And it's exactly here where I'm starting to say, this is when everyone's starting to notice. And this happens to be 174 for GLD is quarterly. So we've definitely done a really good job of coming off this double bottom again. Negative real rates um, are picking up because inflation is moving faster than nominal yields. And then we also have the Bitcoin fade from middle of April, $20,000 fade. <laughs> so it's a significant one um, with all the, you know, the, the tech stuff, the non-profitable uh, tech plays also falling. So this looks really good. And yet I still think it's due for a test. If I, however, pull back in time and really look at this, this is a monthly, right? We're only the middle of, of, of May, but you get the concept, right? You can see this stunning, you know, scoop, pull back, and everyone now on a monthly, those who are trend traders, 
really are excited because this looks very much like a cup and handle. So there's a macro trade for this. There's also a technical trade for this. There's a, you know, a Bitcoin correlation or inverse trade for this. Dollar, by the way, continues to fade. Um, this definitely looks bullish. You know, we have to confirm though, there's some work here. I don't think it's gonna be so straightforward. But when I go and I kind of do my intern market um, analysis stuff, I'm still an inflationista, meaning I'm still bullish commodities. This is, you know, the whole trade, if you will, of commodities breaking out on a monthly. Inflation is still strong. And I had mentioned, I think if gold starts to pick up, we have some concerns that volatility is also going to pick up. So I am still of the camp that gold is actually the tell. The hotter it runs, the more likely we are to have some volatility. And that particular chart, I kind of update on a regular basis. If I can find it real quick, I'll do small caps and then that volatility trade is my nicey. Where the heck is it? Hold on. Inflation, inflation, inflation. Oh, come on. Here it is. All right. It's still here. Right, so we've had a little bit of a bounce. This is last week, by the way, on Wednesday. And you know what happened? Thursday, we hit the low. Mm -hmm. And my advice to clients was, okay, this is the low. Into the week of options expiration is typically bullish. And so far, we've had this, you know, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, and then at the end of the day, we tanked. So this is the, this is the danger where we actually start to roll over and gold is almost like smelling it. Uh, we need a hedge and it's starting to really get weak. I also thought it was fascinating in this um, little week that we had not too long ago, we got outside on a daily, SPX went outside the Bollinger Band, snapped back below the Bollinger Band. Can you see this? For those who are technical, we know what that means. It's like a three standard deviation move very quickly and then we've gone right back inside. But that resulted in a VIX move of 40%. Three days, 40%, we've come all the way back, right? We've filled that gap. Now it's time to kind of reload. So I still think you can you can play the the whole VIX movement higher, and gold is basically a hedge. Gold is just serving as lots and lots of reasons right now to get support, but this is still massive as it relates to the bullish bearish thesis. If we can close above 174, um, we can definitely move higher, but I think it's more likely we get some digestion. I agree with that. I think but you that, have uh, bullish, bullish, bullish optionality all the way. You don't see anything sizable that says uh, they're, no. they're, they're starting to pause because you've been talking about this for weeks. It's been building and building and building. No, there's nothing today. I mean, it doesn't mean there won't be tomorrow, right? Or the next day, but there, as of today, I don't see anything. I, I think that like, when you think about it in size, right? Like you're running out of places to, to go. Right. Um, and if you do think there might be risk off, the only, the only, the only problem with gold is like, it's, it is, you know, old Marge, right. She can call you and, um, hit you up on some margin calls, right. At the end of the day, if you, if you do see a sell-off. So if you see a sell-off and you get, you know, liquidity issues in general, then gold can get pulled back. So that might be, you know, a, a, a component to a pullback here. Right as it relates to that complex, because there's nothing really negative about the complex unless you get a sell-off in the market, which drags it just by proxy. Um, that may be something that you could look for. I've seen it a thousand times um, where gold looks really good, gold gets hit with the rest of the market, and gold keeps going.
So especially in the last little while, I, I don't, um, uh, I, so I don't disagree with you at all. Well, and, there's and the, a timing for this, right? So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna find out if it really is correlated to this Bitcoin trade because right now rate uh, yields have been going just nowhere fast, right? We've been sideways for a few months, relatively speaking. We're in a channel. I'm talking about the 10 year. We've just been, you know, that that bull steepener that we had flattened. It's thinking about going higher. It's thinking about going lower. It's really not sure. So it, there's no trade. But Bitcoin has been pretty clear, right? So here's the 65,000. We, we, you know, drew, drew down and then we bounced a little bit, but that's a lower high. And then we, all, of course, just rolled over. So it wouldn't surprise me if we come down here and we tag, obviously, this 200 and bounce. I'll wait to see if gold can hold up, even with a Bitcoin bounce. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, I totally. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I don't. Um, I don't know how correlated they are. Like well, right now, you know. the, 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 the this is why I brought this chart up. It was kind of interesting. The Bitcoin <laughs> and the gold seem to be a little bit inversely related. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go on that thesis that we might get a little bit of a bounce coming up in Bitcoin at the 200 day, and with it, gold has a little bit of a pullback to be determined. But it's coming. Yeah, it's come soon. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I um, I think that um, especially like uh, how I put it, you know, you look at Bitcoin. If you pull that Bitcoin chart back up again, it's yep. really on nowhere since February, right? Like, um, and you know, one of the things that's happening in that space right now, and I don't think anything negative in the crypto space as a whole, personally. Um, so much adoption. So, like, it's long term, pretty bullish, but. Like this has gone nowhere since February, right? We're at we're at forty two. We're in the beginning of January. We're at forty two. No, now. I think this was right. gorgeous from October until it broke. I mean, this has been a really solid level of support, and now it's resistance, and now this is going to become support. So I I I I know what you mean. Like relatively, if you got in here, you're even. It's kind of like the Ark funds. They had a huge. Um, inflow from November, right? And 55% of assets under management in, in, in ARC actually came in from November. <laughs> it was ginormous. They're now underwater. So it's the same idea if they came in here and got excited. But relatively, this still has a gorgeous this is a, a gorgeous trading vehicle, in my opinion. <laughs> Not well, just if you, if you if you if you look at this like just from a like a kind of a total market structure standpoint, like where I look at like it, you know it, it it was really hot up in the forty two, right? And then since then, it's been chased on lower and lower and lower and declining, declining volume. So suckers buying it up from forty two to sixty five, and they got cleaned out real quick. That's why it moved, you know. 15 to 30 days, all those three or four months of action just got wiped out because those people all bag holding, right? So now you're sitting down there at 42 and you're going to find out if there's real demand because it really needs the hole right here between 42 and 32. And I mentioned that to a couple of people. Um, if you've really got long-term demand or if this thing has gotten a little, because you see a lot of infighting in the space. Like Musk came out said, "Oh, you know, they're getting I nasty." I don't know. I don't know. And and, and, and the infighting in the space is for real. Like so, Musk says, "Yeah, you know why? How can you hold it? Because it's so concentrated. I traded it effectively, right? He wants to run with Doji, right? So he's 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 picked his his horse, horse right? Yeah. And you got guys that are saying, well, you know, if we get 
non-adoption, then like, you know, it was because of this. Well, why are you saying that? Like, why are you saying if we did, if we get non-adoption all of a sudden, you weren't saying that $20,000 ago, right? So like, you know, this is, this is a dicey setup here because this has got to hold because there was no, there was no transactional back and forth between 12,000 and 32,000, right? It was a one-way street. And if it gets down into that, right? Bulls don't want any part of that because that's going to get, that's going to flip up on side. It's going to flip on itself and it's just going to eat itself because all the volume profiles are sitting on top of that. So they'll just sell it out. And I think the competition from Ethereum, right? And the competition from Doji really do matter to Bitcoin right now, as much as people don't admit it. And so I'm very curious to see that and all these other just crazy nonsense coins. I, you know, Robinhood has delivered Doji, right? They're one of the largest deliver. I mean, so it's not like, you, you know, back when Bitcoin was running hot, that wasn't even really pushing hot, right? So you, you, you got people that are buying it. And I, so I think that long story short, I think that the actual competition inside of, of the crypto space is actually harming it to an extent at the moment. And it's taking away from a singular runaway type move that has exhibited. So, you know, that, no, and that's a really great point. And must said that, you know, Bitcoin is only, you know, circulation is constant, very, very, very highly concentrated. So I think for, if, if you think that like, if, if you, if you think that it can turn and run nicely, then that is really predicated on the hold, no hold at what, 42 and change what you're talking about mm -hmm. at, the, at that supply zone. You could probably even breach that and get into the thirties. I'm sure there would be a lot of like, you know, Bitcoin is dead posts with a three handle, right? With a 30,900 handle, um, it's going to be dead soon. And that would probably be where, where if you were a whale, you would let stops get run and you would then pick it up right there. So I think that that, that area right there is, is, is definitely, definitely spot on to what you're talking about. If it's going to turn, if it doesn't turn there, right. Or it stays there for too long, then you run the risk to get smoked again. Right. Because if people have sold, and they're not coming back and there is rotation and people like Ethereum's business case better, et cetera. You don't want to get into those levels. And like, you don't want to get into the, you definitely don't want to get into the thirties and definitely don't want to get into the twenties. That'd be, that'd be bad stuff right? well, for, is, for that. Yeah. This, this was basically the same concept, but some particulars, you know, kind of going a little bit farther that those who were momentum chasing, which was nearly all the new accounts that opened up in the past year, all new young traders, and they were very excited, right? They went long mm -hmm. SPACs, that was a new asset class and all that issuance, new IPOs, um, you know, and again, a lot of them were hyper growth, no revenue, no earnings, no dividend plays that were, that were making tons of cash. All the crypto space, the EV space, uh, basically the commodity craze of Bitcoin that started last summer and they rode it to 65, just like you said, now 45, if they disappear, this is also a really good tell for volatility coming in because they're going to have to sell margin calls, things that are more liquid. Um, to me, this this is where it starts to kick in and get a little bit more dangerous. Right now, the indices look like a very solid, nice roll is on mm -hmm. its way. Distribution, yeah. Yes, they're, they're in distribution good. under the surface. We talk about that, but they're quick, right? That volatility for three days that went up 40% in three days. Um, and it was basically the standard deviation move. And again, just whatever, at three o'clock, we rolled over hard wallop. And it was, you know, after the oil drop, 
on you know potential news of, of nuclear power uh, nuclear deal with Iran you know getting an announcement tomorrow all speculation but you're right since all this non-profitable tech bubble stuff burst in February and and that includes cannabis China solar etc now you have the inflation thesis gaining a mainstream momentum cost of labor $15 is now going to be the floor right Bank of America is actually going to be offering $25 an hour uh, to, to attract um, employees. So the co cost of capital is rising with, with, with higher nominal year yields. The cost of labor is real and it's, you know, getting um, bid up in, in competition. And I just think this is definitely more volatility um, tailwind than headwind. And then you have digital assets, which are supposed to save us from a debasement event, also getting sold. This is in my opinion, many many traders have become investors by default, not designed because of the Bitcoin fade and the hypertech fade. And they're now thinking or now regretful thinking non-profitable tech equals Bitcoin. So the, 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 the hold on for dear life Bitcoin hodlers are not going to go away. Um, they're like MicroStrategy. They, they, they are averaging in at a cost of 24,000, right? So what happens if that 200 day gets breached? <laughs> and it collapses down to 24,000. I think a lot of people are going to be like, come to Jesus moment. <laughs> the same thing happened in 1999 at MicroStrategy. Basically, yeah. oh my God, you're right. Okay, and on the other hand, there are those who are, again, you know, this is this is going to be a, a transactional, excuse me, um, transformational, um, you know, asset and platform, both for institutions and for transactions. Um, that will be like the internet in 1999, but we're just we're a little bit more cautious We're doing the comparison and we're saying there are lots of reasons for this to pull back and gold is clearly getting supported now um, We'll see what happens at that 200 day bounce with Bitcoin and gold But I mm -hmm. wanted to ask because you have been a huge um, uh, Proponent of this gold and miner and silver trade because you could see the option flow coming in hot and heavy and it's still strong even though I see a little bit of pause right now or at least technically it should <laughs> what you got wants yeah what you got is a technical level that's yes. a trigger right a hundred percent agree and yeah. that that level is very clear in the in the structure and i would say that the volume point of control is on most every one of those charts on a daily period and even a weekly period underneath price so price has a huge volume floor so even on a pullback like you're going to you're going to have to chew that out which is the inverse on a lot of some of this other stuff we're talking about where the volume's now sitting on its head and so price has to have a really good really good volume move to get through that type of ceiling cuz you got too many people that were sell side that are still sitting there ready to sell into it and a lot of those names in the Russell the Momo names and all that stuff are all looking like that no matter if there's a bounce or not they're sitting underneath the heaviest volume in the market and I think that like um, uh, one thing I was going to mention a second ago is that the 40% VIX move, um, one, one thing I want to mention is that the intraday action as it relates to these types of moves and, and to be thinking about that as you're trading, because once these things set in on the day, they don't stop. And so getting a VIX move of 40% in three days, I think is much more normal once you get this stuff actually starting to shake the tree a little bit because once the day sets in 
past 10.15, watch 10.15 about every day. That's the optionality for the morning is cleared. And it's very hard to fight that trend for the rest of the day after 10.15. And you saw that where VIX spiked. Oh, interesting. It spikes, okay. okay. And then it stays. And if it holds past 10.15, let's say 10.30, then you've got a trending day. And that just continues to get bought, right? And so PC ratios will flip and you get tons of index index purchasing on the per, on the put side, which is going to make sure the VIX stays bid just from a technical mechanical perspective. Okay. So that doesn't allow it to be coming back, which is why you see a huge standard deviation move. So these indexes are very susceptible to that, right? At this point and very susceptible to that change, especially when the short sellers are not as much available. What I would tell you also that I'm seeing is that you got to watch the underlying stocks inside the index. So if you say that oh. last week, last week, you know, the index itself was getting heavy puts, it flipped, VIX spiked, but the stocks still were getting purchased. Okay. And the stocks, as it relates to the options contracts, were still getting purchased. Those are conflate, those are conflicting currents, right? So the stocks themselves are still buoying, even though the index as a whole is being purchased. So the index isn't driving the stocks. It's just kind of mooting out, right? So the index bounces and levels off. I've seen a little bit of little bit of uh, the stocks flattening out a little bit. And that's that single stock gamma right effect to a to degree. So I think that like if you look if you watch for like a VIX move that could really stick more long term, the individual names have to at least turn net neutral. And what I mean by that is they're not, you know, they're not being purchased overwhelmingly, right? Because people are, if you think about it, the way the market works, most people are buyers, right? Most people are buyers. They're not sellers. So that really does play into the way that this stuff happens. So I think, I think when you look at the VIX, you look at the spike and you look at where the indexes are, they're very distributive. I, I don't think the indexes have been positive in my opinion for quite some time, maybe three weeks. They're, they're very neutral every day from, from our side, from the option side and from the flow side. So, you know, the setup is there for the stuff to roll. What sticks it is like a VIX that pierces it yeah. for, you know, three to four to five days and closes the week. It's got to close the week out on a rage. And so that, you know, you always get an inverse effect on money, but where that, where any type of pullback is now in a bullish, bullish kind of bullish trend and people are fear set, that fear has set in. So I think like, you know, the coin guys, right? Like that are in the, all of the 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 macro or excuse me micro strategy the Mars and all that stuff those charts are broke, um, just like Tesla's charts broke and so they need like a major turn. What's going to give them that turn? I think you know not a lot. That that sell it's a sell side. What's fascinating is the inflation trade, the real inflation trade, which is the the commodities, right? And then the miners is picking up steam, and it looks like. It looks like it's going to get hot. It could get real hot. Like at these levels breach, I mean, it's just market structure. Just like I said, the VIX set in by 1030, it's going to burn your all day, right? And then same thing with a spike gap, ramp and camp and hold. Don't short that all day. Good luck. Where literally the entire infrastructure of the market is just going to eat you up all day. You're trying to short that, right? So those dynamics play. And if the inflation trade runs, those dynamics will play. And if the, the deflation side hits in, that dynamic will play. And so I think that those things are really important to watch, you know, 
and then to see what levels stick or don't stick, right? Because the, the crypto stuff, you know, crypto is a tech trade. I don't believe that it's an actual, like, you know, uh, you know, US dollar situation. It's, it's just commodity. Yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's like a tech trade. Or Armageddon or tech yeah. trade. It's a tech trade because it's really the infrastructure that's that you're betting on in the long term, the smart contracts, the things that it can do for payments, et cetera. You're not like, you know, it's too concentrated positions, right, to, to really be a, a U.S. dollar hedge, right? I know people that like say that, but it's not really what it is um, at all. And so I'm not surprised that it's getting hit with 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 tech. So I, I, I think that's and that really goes back to, to, to circle back and answer mine. Kind of like I don't know about the gold like direct correlation. I think from price structure right now, definitely they almost mirror image opposite. But like like bigger picture, I, I just gold's a real inflation hedge. Um, silver's are the realest inflation hedge um, for a long time. Um, you know, oil is. Uh, you know, a housing has been, and and as long as the Fed supports the, the mortgage market, continues to be. Um, as much as it'll become so unaffordable, no one can actually live in houses. They just rent a fraction of one. Like uh, they buy a fraction of Amazon, you can buy a fraction of a house. So like, um, you know, like I think that, that that is much more, and that's why you see the major players like BlackRock and all these guys buying a bunch of houses um, because they're just expecting real inflation, which would really torch tech trades, right? So, you know, Bitcoin's acting more like a tech trade to me. That's my, that's my two cents. I, no, I think, I, I think it, it's, it's just like a tech trade and it's been a tech trade for, for a minute. And it was like the last of the tech trades um, to have some gas. Now I think all of those could bounce, you know, um, but I do think that they're, they're in deep, deep, uh, deep trouble. So the volatility that you track. Okay. So we know that gold can be that kind of hedge with volatility or it, gold sometimes is the new VIX when VIX isn't moving. But you've already spied that strong momentum into gold, silver, and miners. What are you seeing really consistently in the VIX trade? In the, in it's the no option? longer, yeah, no longer short. Okay, so, so it's short. extremely bullish, but it's no longer short. Correct. And it's, okay. and it's more, so more, it's almost like, it's almost uh, bullish on a daily basis, but it's not like, you know, raging, like you saw the other day, right? That's raging. But what you see in those raging days is a lot of hedging. So you're going to see huge contracts that are wildly bullish and you get hedging into that, right? Which is natural. Yep. Very natural because that's a hedging product. And so like, you know, what I see is like when the shorts, real smart shorts will step off of it if it can get dicey. And what I also will tell you is here, let me show you this. Like I start to see VIX, um, I got a couple of different things that I've written. Um, this one is uh, just all the index. So like, you know, SPX, NDX, RUT, you know, et cetera. These are the calls of the day that are driving like the most volume, right, et cetera. When I see a lot of VIX in here, which is let's say half of it or more, usually I'm like, hmm, okay. Got to note that because it shouldn't be here, right? Especially when I go reference them and they're not called sales or spreads. They're actually naked, right? Which a lot of those are. And then I look at the, um, I'll get one more thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
deep calls out of the money. And when I look at the deep calls out of the money and I see VIX start to show up again, right? And th these are two things that I've picked up on, let's say the last four or five months. Um, when you get little spikes, it's usually not too far along after I've seen deep out of the money calls start to roll in that are really, really kind of abnormal. That you go from nothing, 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 and somebody just takes a big stake in some deep out of money calls. You look at them and they look at them and they're not sales, they're purchases, right? And so, and at the minimum spreads, those two things I see um, that are actually like kind of one more thing into that, that the shorts come off and I'm starting to see some deep out of money calls and then some larger calls in relation to SPX and the NBX and so forth, where the VIX is actually like, you know, SPX is the largest thing, period. You know, we should drive most of the call activity. When VIX is poking its head in there, meaningful. So I've seen that show up a couple of times and usually precursor to spikes. So I'm seeing it again, right? And that's what I was telling you. I saw some, some warning signs. I'm also seeing the shorts come off of the VIX. Not, not, not ragingly bullish. You don't see 50 cent anywhere, right? I don't see him anywhere, right? Where he's buying those 50 cent ones. But I, I, I do see it. The, the, the room temperature is set for an explosive move to happen when the shorts aren't sitting on it, right? When shorts are sitting on the VIX, not really going to have anything happen, which is interesting, right? Because that usually is like, uh, and I, we all joke about it, but like Jay Powell genuinely does not support volatility. And that is a notated enemy of the Federal Reserve. They don't want volatility. So if they're not like, you know, by proxy supporting volatility suppression, which is, you know, notably true, then they probably don't care at the moment. Maybe they're letting a little air out of it, right? So, you know, nobody's there to, to, to stop a spike here is my long, long, long story short. You guys sat through like a five minute BS dissertation just now, but like long, long story short about my intraday trend going, you know, after 10, 15 is when the shorts are not there, right? To sit on it, it does spike. It sticks intraday, not overnight. These overnight things don't work because the market auction is going to try and reset quickly in the morning. If they stick intraday and you get a spike past about 1030 and the shorts aren't there, you can get, you can get busy. And, and it get, it got busy last week, 40%, three days. Right. Um, so, and a huge move in the, in, in the index and the index is not like strong right now. The SPX is neutral to bearish. Well, like, it wasn't so strong. Days. It was like 4%, you know, drawdown in S and P, but a 40% move in VIX. Yeah, because there's no, notable. yeah, there's no, there's no, that's a huge move with the intraday action that, that, because there's nothing there to stop it. So again, it came back, which is interesting because in the ETNs, you actually have, you actually have volume coming in to, to the buy side on the secure, as a security, those ETNs are terrible. They're decaying vehicles. They're made to go to zero, but like you could see volume coming in, which I noted last week, I was like, Hey, if volume comes into the ETNs, right? As like actual purchasable type, that's hedging going on, right? Like the people are using it to hedge. And so they're hedging for something. So I think your distributive comment that the indexes have distributed, I think the Bitcoin is distributed, um, that the Dow is distributed, um, IWM is distributed. Doesn't mean that they're going to turn over, but table set. I don't know if anybody's going to eat. Well, I definitely see lots and lots of continued inflation impulses in my intermarket analysis, which is just totally geeky stuff that 
wouldn't make any sense to anybody. And then, of course, there's just the price action, which does make a lot of sense. Um, and then anecdotally, you know, labor costs and capital um, rising and shipping constraints still supply shipping, the whole thing. Um, but gold had not served in any way, shape, or form as a hedge or as a, as an inflation play whatsoever. <laughs> I know, right? Until Bitcoin started to roll over. So that's my only kind of like push here that I think it, at least from a trading standpoint, it totally separated from bonds because they have, they have traded so well with bonds. In other words, really fractal, if you will, tight. And then they totally diverged when uh, bonds has, you know, just continued to be weak to sideways, um, gold has risen and it is that inflation outrunning nominal uh, yields. But I also just, I see the inflation impulses. I post that for clients all the time and market aside, volatility is coming in. And when it starts to do these 40% spikes in three days, it starts to get that complacency tested. Mm -hmm. And that's really when we start to get bigger moves. So we start a little small and then they, like you just said, you know, you can see it stick and the shorts don't come in. They don't believe it. So I'm, I'm curious. Um, th there is this chart that I kept showing, you know, on the, the NYSE, the NYSE, which has an air pocket of risk down. What would you give probabilities um, in regards to a volatility move that could really move, not like a three-day wonder, but like a three-week wonder, like we had back in February, March? Any, you know, any any probabilities assigned to that type of um, reset? I don't know. I, I'm you're really put me on the spot right now. Well. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm messing with you. Um, I mean, I, I, I really, I'm curious because this, to me, is growing. This this uh, air pocket of risk, to me, is growing. The more we do this dance and then we have this gyration of 40% move in three days and VIX, I'm like, they're, these are the tremors. They're, they're letting us know. <laughs> if the market if the market's a big pile of money, pot of money, right? Money is, money is moving right to something right now where is it moving to oil explorers large cap oil miners large cap miners i i, metals, keep, I right. keep showing this screen but right. just to answer that real quick where is it flowing real money big picture this chart i have put up spx to crb this is basically my whole thesis in in a graphical representation from paper two things yeah yeah totally so like you know if it's 1990s. flowing yeah flowing yeah. right little, little pause right here in the oil inflation excuse me uh, the, the oil um the uh what do you call it recession that we had from 2014 to 2016 and then we just take off again right and this is this is things right uh, i'm sorry this is paper um that really is outperforming things and now we have things outperforming paper i think this is where money is going yeah i totally agree and when you look at that in the context of the whole flows right is they're moving and so there's nothing sturdy underneath the paper right except for passive flows that go into it regardless and so it's very susceptible to a volatility shock 
right? So that increases the probability to me of it happening. Um, having said that, right, uh, it, it's all about levels. So if, uh, if, a, if a shock doesn't stick and a level isn't broken, then more of the same, right? Buy the dip, you know, step in, et cetera, because passive flows. If you do get a shock, then the shock's going to be serious again. And it's going to clean out levels because that's just the market that we have now on the, on the paper side. Right. Things will get hit. They're not going to hit as bad as paper. Things are getting hit like right. the lumber trade. But this is such yeah, that, this yeah, is okay. This is not like broken. It, it's no, simple. no. That's, I mean, that's, that's going to reset around 1153, worst case 800. Yeah, and it's going right. to it's going to keep rolling. So like, I, okay. I yes. Yeah. So, so and under the and under the surface, just real quick, this is Na, uh, the NASI, which is Nasdaq, McClellan, summation. Remember, mm. I've oh, this is I've been waiting for this, waiting for this. Where here's the Nasdaq print. Here's the price, and underneath the surface, you can see the selling that's been going on. And that's just that's not a good look. This is a catch down situation or a catch up, but it just continues to fade. Like you're talking about the things, the things, the things. Yeah, it's rotation, so there's nothing there underneath it if it gets hit, which is yep. then, which is then the 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 susceptibility that you know a a shock, no shorts, right, or reduced shorts on the VIX, right, lead to you know a spike that sticks, spike that sticks, breaks levels. Here we go, right, and that's it. And, and, and the other thing I'd say is like crypto became a lot of the market, right? The crypto trade, crypto related stocks started to get a lot of the carry and, you know, they sucked lately. And then you got all the Momo stuff that's gotten whacked, but that do a bounce. So that stuff is bouncing, right? Um, a little bit for a it's lot of those right. Momo trades. Yeah, they're bouncing. Because we have tomorrow VIX expiration on Wednesday and then the options for the month expire on Friday and they typically do this, right? But that also, you, even the last hour, it's just like, it's shaking, shaking I'd out. Say, I'd say my probability is that if, if a certain level, um, uh, if a certain level is, is, is breached, let me just look, I, I can give you a, a level real quick. I still think we're going to roll over. I really do. I, yeah, yeah. I just, no, I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that a certain, at a certain level, like if you look at semis, right? Like, uh, if you look at semis, for example, like uh, SMH, right? This is a perfect example here. I'll share my screen. Right. So this is semiconductors on a weekly, right? The yep. flows are flows are just falling apart. Yep. You know, this level right here is 216. If 216 gets breached, real simple rule of thumb, you could get some selling into 175, right? Um, and then test them down. Like if I looked at it on a on a daily basis, right? It's it's bounced back in, but the volume, as I noted, the, the volume as you spend all this time here, it gets chewed through and price just starts to fade, then the bulk of the action is sell side. You've seen flows be negative for almost uh, the entire month of May. Yeah. Um, and then momentum is sat on the negative side right here. Th this has got to get back up over here, right? So if this does not get back up over 243, right? And just, just sheerly from a purchase standpoint, it means that the bulk of the transactions are now sitting on top of it. It's going to roll. If it rolls, 
then you're really looking at 184, mm -hmm. right? Because there's nothing in here because there was no market action, right? So that goes back to that 217 level. So I'm just a levels guy. So like I would say, if you get a real breach of a real level on the Qs or the semis, right? And it drags the SPY with it, because SPY is looking a lot more like really like, you know, meh. Like people, people, people aren't going to really get upset about the SPY, even down to three, three, uh, 390 level, right? Like that, that would be like no concern. Like you get some VIX at 7%, but like get underneath that, right? And you start to see some real action. So you asked me the probabilities of a real action like last year, like March, I give in the 20 to 30 percentile and the probabilities of uh, a pullback to, you know, 390, 75 percentile, right? That looks probably pretty realistic. Um, and then if you had to say what's your your outside is just just more crazy nonsense inflation that 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 stimulated fiscal or something like that that comes in at the first VIX day <laughs> down that immediately comes back and they're hey we're going back to new highs again because it's like yeah just it's just all funny money so that can't be discounted in anybody's uh, analysis anymore right that you you know so I would say twenty five seventy five. Okay. Right, twenty-five. You could get a thirty-five percent drop. Um, Seventy percent. You're going to at least see seven to ten percent correction, and then we need to see what happens around three eighty, three ninety, and then you know uh, five percent that they come in immediately with like you know nineteen Fed speakers and you know a, a mini caucus and right, and then Biden's doing another two trillion dollars stimulus. Um, but I will say that there is a lot, and I mean huge whales coming in betting that interest rates are going higher and to be announced, you know, Jackson Hole August time frame. So, you know, it's June, July might just be the foreplay for something. CP, CPI print Jan, June is a, is a big marker. Well, that's, right? but it's lagging. Yeah. It, it represents May and May should be still running hot. Yeah, major on hot CPI is June, June 10th, right? So, so I think that's a big marker, and you can see, you know, uh, where it's like, oh, the oh shit moment, right? Like, um, you know, we got, oh, we got a real problem because now we're now you got to remember how much stuff is marked to market. We, you, 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 and I sit here, and we can we can make decisions. Prop traders can sit there and make decisions. Hedge funds can make decisions. Institutions can't make decisions without CYA, right? And CYA is these numbers. Right. And so you, you know, smart money, props, right. People like that, like, you know, that control cash themselves can make their own decisions. Yeah. They're front run, but like an institutional guy or lady cannot do something like, you know, risk off, you know, without some sort of like, I'm not going to get fired. Cause look, it's inflation now. Right. And so like, we need to adjust. And so that, that has to be like uh that has to be considered into like a little bit of the kind of avalanche or onslaught move. Right? I don't know. Like, I think I think I think um, the the market is is uh, very fun. Like this game today of making trading accounts available for teenagers. Did you see that? That was kind of the hubbub of late.
Oh, I didn't. Yeah. yeah so your comment, Curtis saying, Jonathan, that's an excellent point. Have you heard of institutional real estate owners offering share slices or rooms for rent of homes yet? <laughs> so, <laughs> and now they're, you know, now the, the running joke is um, Robinhood will now extend trading for the seven to 12 year olds. But the point is that there is a lot of speculation that it's they- too need. old. Get them younger, right? <laughs> Get them at five. They still need, to, they still need, they still need buyers. Oh, man. You know, anyway, I, I but this know, is, man. I just That's wanted to show this uh, before we close because I've realized it's 511. Um, but risk events upcoming, I love this. Um, Trader sent this to me uh, out on her stream, and I just love this. Thank you, Pip. Uh, but we've got definitely US GDP gap coming up on 527. By the way, FOMC minutes tomorrow, but nothing is expected. So the GDP, if there's any disappointment in that growth trajectory, um, that would obviously set up some drawdown but otherwise um this you know china china pmi it's been weak the uh the infrastructure bill probably already priced in we got a lot of rate decisions coming up which are expected to be tightening related we've got jackson hole coming up um nothing again is really expected this june or july it's expected to be stronger or have to do something about this inflation move um, for August and then September. And who knows, SEC approving a Bitcoin ETF. Anyway, I just thought this overview was kind of cute. But otherwise, we definitely will, you know, we'll, we'll come back next Tuesday and see what happens post options expiration. There is definitely uh, um, some air pockets of risk below in the, the NICE and um, this sudden volatility that's coming in toward the end of the day, especially last week with VIX up 40%. To me, that just says distribution. Um, and gold obviously is a tell for not just inflation because it didn't run right for many months, but as risk, you know, this this hedging, I think it's more um, a, a, a really good play macro, real negative rates, Bitcoin fade, and also just good old fashioned hedging for volatility in the markets. So good job, by the way, spying that for weeks and weeks and getting folks you know, to pay attention because that has been a phenomenal, um, and I have been on the fence going, yeah, but. <laughs> so yeah. you had conviction, you had, you had strong conviction. Good job. The one thing I would say about it too, is like, you know, even if it, even if that trade gets stopped here, mm -hmm. I would watch the bounce, like the comeback on it because it just the, all of the similar things that we've seen in every other sector for, you know, constant momentum movement is now appearing there as well as gamma and so it's all rules apply across all assets right so you know you're not going to discount this subset just because it's different so i'm curious to see the pullback that's kind of why to me it would line up with that that's why i'm 75 percent like correction versus you know collapse because this the way that that setup looks is it looks like it could come back and kind of just a risk off environment that then is bought again yes right for you know and and and, and is it just then that's where it breaches and just gone and, it's and gone. peter makes a good point so some of those young traders actually have to go back to work now businesses are beginning to normalize and i would also contend yeah. keep your eyes on the airline sector they're really looking like they could remove the travel bans and we could take yeah. guys again and summer is here people are just eager to move but anyway his comment was one might argue that the speculative fever is close to breaking one because they have losses 
and two because they need to actually get up off the couch or from their well, gaming. <laughs> well, let me let me let me say this too about that. Like one of the things that we've uh, found just in our own research and so forth for different things is that you've got Robinhood has almost twenty two million traders now. A year ago it was thirteen, and um, Coinbase and, has twice that. Yeah, so you're talking oh, about more than so, that, so many people Accounts. participating in the markets. Yeah. And, you know, I heard like that, um, you know, it was a joke about the kids getting involved and stuff like that. They're putting the stuff in schools, uh, teaching people about money. It's all a good thing, you know, not treat, they shouldn't teach them to YOLO, but um, teaching about money is one of the best things we could do as a society. I so, like, in my kids. You know, elementary fifth grade they asked me to come in and talk about stock right. trading and then i did it again in their middle school you know do yeah. your homework was kind of the idea but it, yes yeah. i think it's good to instill it but opening up account at, at yolo yeah that's a different story so like i think that but one of the things i wanted to point out just to, from a from a discounting perspective i wouldn't discount that these guys are going to get wiped out you had fuel cell you had you had uh fubu or futu right uh like you've got the um uh fubo which is the tv one like all yep. those things these things have already been like stomped on clove ipo like all that stuff 60 70 percent down those things have already been trashed and they're still trading and yes. people are still trading bitcoin and there's more people coming in every day one so one of the things i'll say is yeah a lot of people are getting washed out there's even more people coming in like in a constant basis. So there is a little bit of new market dynamic that has got to be kind of accounted for, which then kind of goes to bullish these because people aren't, they'll see if I'm chasing what's hot, then I'm just gonna, you know, I might rotate over here. You know, the these these people aren't stupid. And so like, you know, they're gonna rotate to what is hot. Hence, you know, AMC is reopening again. AMC was getting bought again. And AMC, I didn't look that bad yesterday when I looked at it. Like, it's just not as like, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't think they're going to get as, I don't think that that is the overhang. Okay. I think the over, I think it's actually almost supportive of liquidity. I think that what is the overhang is the one time frame indiscriminate passive indexation that is so fragile to the market structure because of the way that the VIX is set up and the way that these things get taken out and how quickly they get body bagged. And I think that's the real risk in the market, not the not the Robinhood traders. Well, I have I to go to one know. more level that is leverage is the real risk. Yeah. And I'm showing a chart right here of margin. And this is US margin debt in billions through and April. This, this is not <laughs> a Robinhood trader. No. This is a pension holder or a 401k holder or a retail account holder that's got a retirement account that has totally been rewarded for taking on two times leverage right and more than has two had, the know, no issues right the has no issue. cub. so that's can... size that's size size affects the market yes yeah, small so lots don't me, affect the market this to me is that one argument where everyone's like you know, Fed won't let it crash. You know, the, the traders won't let it crash. The institutions won't let it crash. If this starts to come down, Archegos was wiped out, right? It, two billion in two days. And it oh, is only a risk, by the way, when it starts to reverse. <laughs> but this is something you have to have to keep in the back of their mind if you are long with a portfolio. It, there's just nothing else that matters when an unwind occurs. So 
This does, I think, need to be a nice caveat, a way to end it, where we could go from liquidity to vapor on this one chart alone. <laughs> yeah, well, and then you figure that there is no interest. You've got to get 5%, and the HYGs replaced the CD in the United States. And so their certificate of deposit is now totally been replaced by high-yield grade bonds. Yeah. And so, you know, this, this is like, you know, if you take that off the table too, and I used to watch bonds as a front run for market kind of turmoil, right? And you can't catch that now because it's just basically a government-backed security. And so, you know, almost like a certificate of deposit, the way that the Fed is the largest shareholder of, of uh, high-yield grade. And so I think, yeah. Really techie, here's the risk parity, which is that portfolio stock, yeah. you know, balance it, to, to kind of track, like yes. you're saying. Totally, totally. So... All right, so we'll see Good what we'll, we'll touch base next Tuesday, see what we have at, after the options, um, the monthly expiration. And then I really think we're going to be just, um, you know, June sets up for a quiet, usually uh, July and August. Um, and Bitcoin, we'll see if it holds that 40,000 area. Otherwise, it's going to see 20 and we'll really find out if the, um, the hodlers are long and strong <laughs> that the guy's a question is what's the likelihood of a bitcoin one dollar <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, yeah. i hope not i hope not there's way too much invested in it yeah way no it's it's too invested. it's a it's a it's a systemic product now so i don't uh, i don't i don't see that but anyway so thank you very very much for uh, for attending and on thursday i do have uh, crypto guru scott melker wolf of all yeah great great catch he's there. following he's got i mean he is yeah. a rabid beast of all things crypto Four hundred thousand followers on twitter very accessible um so bring your questions because i i think i follow four <laughs> This, of the 5,200 coins. I'm serious. I've got four. I'm really good with four. So this is not um, my wheelhouse. I need help. <laughs> this is great because these are the type of folks that like can shed light on, um, you know, their, their, their specialists in yes. these spaces. And yes. that's really great because it helps, help, helps, uh, helps shed light on like how they are seeing it, you know, from, from the inside as being really involved in it. So it's and just great, great, great trick. When do you get Bitcoin on the VigTech platform? Because that is just going to be gobbled up. And I'll oh yeah, we're looking at the exchange side of that too. So not you know the whole side of it. So not just maybe the data, but uh, all that good stuff accounts and so forth. So you know, I I, I I'm not I'm in the camp of it. it this is something that's uh, it's definitely a long term thing. I don't you know I don't know the the. You know, I've said it many times, like, I think it's a big trend and, and smart contracts and self-clearing is a big deal. And I'm, we definitely want to be a part of it. So, you know, I don't know, I don't know the, uh, you know, all the, I'm not sure about some of these coins that no, I'm seeing out there nowadays, right? Especially with the, you know, not safe work names and some of these things. So like, you know. By the way, for those who are interested, um, stock I think this is pretty cool. Stock charts, you know, this is where I keep all my intermarket analysis, right? That I show. They also have a cryptocurrency um, charting platform, which is mm. 150 names or something. And, um, you know, your most pop, yeah, one, no, 150 of 500. Mm. 
Mm. So for those who want to get a little bit more into the crypto space that also you can then compare fundamentals <laughs> and, and other things. So I definitely recommend stock Fun. charts. It's not trading platform. It's just a, I forgot completely to share this as I'm talking about it. It is a charting platform and they do have cryptocurrencies. Um, if you're interested and you want to find out, this is, I think this is pretty cool. Like Cardano looks really good. You know, we talk about this stuff. That's one of my four. Okay, so I'm I'm done. I'm going to close. I'm going to put this back on YouTube channel. And again, just a reminder, it's also a podcast, but you can't see the lovely charts. <laughs> so, share, share it on Spotify, everybody. Like it. That's like it. it yes, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And uh, Jonathan.